we would always be glad that they're here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Amen. So um, let's let our, did we let our little ones out? Are they gone? Does anybody know? I was talking, so, yeah. I see them back there. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord, isn't the Lord wonderful? What a great Savior. What a great Lord. He's our rabbi, our Lord, our Savior. Praise you, Jesus. Well, let's get our Bibles out and, and ready. I want to go, you're not going to believe this, but I want to go to the book of Psalms. So for approximately, I think about two months now, we've been going to the book of Psalms and David and I'll tell you what, it has been a, I, I'm assuming that other people have enjoyed this, this sort of this series of, of um, looking at David the prophet and transferring over into the New Testament, his prophecies and some others in the Old Testament. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. The Lord himself said this. That a scribe that is schooled in the kingdom, he takes out of the old and out of the new. I don't know that I'm a scribe. I don't know that I'm that schooled. But I do believe that when we take out of the old and look in the new, it just, it just combines our faith totally together. So I want to look at something uh, that I've been dwelling on, and it's been a, um, been a long thing that I've thought about for quite a while. And I want to talk about it a little bit this morning. We may do more later on, but I do want to talk about this. Psalm 51, David has messed up. He's, he's, a, he's a man after God's own heart. But he got in his own path, in his own way, in his own desire. I, I want to stop and let you know right now, it doesn't matter how long. David was a young, young man out with the sheep, writing psalms, blessing the Lord. Had an experience with the Lord that was amazing for an Old Testament time, but David let this be an example, and I'm sure this is, you know, why it's so clear, clearly written to us. You are not exempt from the flesh. Doesn't matter how long that you have been walking this way. And I you know, I've said this before, but you don't get to a place where things don't affect you anymore. You just get to this spiritual walk where I'm good. Now, I don't really even, I, mean, I just, I didn't really even need to pray that much anymore. I'm, I'm just walking on this level. I'm walking in the Spirit. And so it's a false teaching to think that uh, you're inoculated from wrong or evil or bad decisions in your life. As long as you're walking around in this flesh, 
And David found it out. He loved God with all his heart and God loved him. David found out, you got to keep this guy under control. Can you say amen? And so um, this 51st chapter, he says prayer towards God after this disaster has happened in his life. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And he says something down here in the uh, 10th and 11th verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. This verse 11 is what, what I want to focus on. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I want to talk about thy Holy Spirit this morning. So let's, let's go to the, the New Testament. We took out of the old. and Let's go to the new. Mark the 12th chapter. And uh, we want to read a couple verses out of Mark the 12th chapter. No, I just want to read the 36th verse, part A. It's okay if we do that. We just don't pull it right out of there. For David himself said by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop right there. And I want to go on to John the 7th chapter and look at something here. John the 7th chapter said by Jesus. Verse 37 through 39. And in the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood out or stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. The one believing into me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, actually translation should be out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. But he said this concerning the spirit, whom the ones believing in him were about to receive. For Holy Spirit was not yet. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, I just read that uh, verbatim from the Greek text. Of course, it's going to say here, the Holy Spirit was not yet given. But the word given is inserted into the text. Not that it makes that much difference, but it reads just a little bit differently. The Holy Spirit was not yet. For He was not yet glorified. Hmm. Seems like a conundrum. Didn't I just read David said by the, by the Spirit? Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. But yet Jesus says the Holy Spirit was not yet. For he was not yet glorified. Lord, we just ask you now. Touch us, Lord, as we look over your word. We've got some things in our heart. I don't know if I can translate those very good. I know they're there, Lord. I know that that you have, over a period of time, have been working on my heart in this issue. And so, Lord, I just ask you, as as we bring this out this morning, Lord, that it will be understandable. It will be, it will be profitable, Lord. It will be uh, of use to us. And Lord, I pray you'll anoint your word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I and Pastor Ronnie have been talking on this issue. In fact, last Sunday night, he, he opened up in some areas of this, but 
I want to go further. I want to talk about I want to talk about Holy Spirit this morning. And we have been accused of now mainly in uh, California. I let's just put I in there. I've been accused of quenching the spirit in the services. We've been accused of not believing in the gifts of the Lord. I had a brother call me one morning, Sunday morning. He said, I won't be there. Now, we've had some saying, I'm not going to be here because they're sick. This brother said, I'm not going to be there. In fact, I'm leaving the church because you don't believe in healing. I said, what in the world? We pray every Sunday we have prayer line. We have, now we have, you know, our congregate prayer, our brother's Elders laying hands on. He said, no, you don't, you don't believe in healing. In the move of the Spirit and healing. I said, oh, yes, yes, brother. What, what are you talking about? Well, he said, I've already decided it, so I'm not going to come back. I said, okay. We're going to miss you. We've been accused of, of um, really being more Baptist than Pentecostal. So I'm trying to get your attention a little bit. Everyone asks, what are you? Every time you meet somebody, um, oh, yeah, we're church over here. Yeah, well, what, what, what are you? What denomination are you? I, I like this thing that Christians are identified by denomination. Isn't that beautiful? What flavor of Christian are you? Well, I'm Baptist flavor. I'm Methodist flavor. I'm really... Do you think the Lord is looking at it that way? I want to go down and be with my Baptist Christians this morning. Or are we just Christians? So we get this, you know, identity that, you know, really becomes, it becomes difficult to live up to at times. If you put on a big show one Sunday morning and you get a lot of people there, you're going to have to put on another show, probably better than that, the next Sunday to get them there again. And this, this maddening, you know, I, I see it on, on uh, we'll, we'll watch some religious programs, and I'm just blown away at what it's come to. But it has to go further and further and further every time because you will lose the congregation because they're not there for the right reason. If our reason is to lift up the Lord, we're not impressing anybody but Him. And so it's a little different. So anyway, I want to talk about this kind of this whole issue, Holy Spirit. And uh, it's... You know, it's thin ice because here's another thing. Let me let me drop in here that that people um, don't say anything against the Holy Spirit. If you do, it's it's unpardonable. But I, I want to just look at that scripture for just a second. The unpardonable sin is not a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. The unpardonable sin is saying that the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the spirit of the devil. That, that's the setting. They said, you cast out devils by Beelzebub. And then he said, you can say all manner of things. You may not understand me as the son of man. You may not understand everything about me, but my spirit is not the devil. There is no salvation if you believe 
that Christ's spirit is the devil. There is no salvation. There is no forgiveness. So that's not the direction we're going. We, we want to talk about some of the issues that have arisen in some misunderstandings, I feel. And again, I'm going to preach out of my understanding. So I want to start in Genesis, the first chapter, and just in that first opening stanza, And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Let me say this. The Spirit was and is and is to come. There has been no time in human history when the Spirit of God was not over the face of the deep. There's no time in world history that... that the Spirit of God has exited from the world just to leave it on its own. But always the Spirit. This is why David said, where can I go from your presence? It's not possible on the face of this earth or even, you know, if you leave this or go to the east, and the west, it's not possible for you to escape the hovering presence of the Spirit of God. Is everybody okay? I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. And so, I'm going to have to look at the seventh chapter of John and where people have drawn a lot of conclusions that the Holy Spirit was not yet. And so, what's been done with this is that it has been framed in such a way that the Holy Spirit is this person of God and the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Christ was not yet glorified. And so the person of God in heaven hadn't yet come to earth. But that doesn't make sense because the Spirit of God has always been. Maybe we're saying something that he's not saying. I believe John 7 is talking about the baptism. Of the Holy Spirit upon humanity. The baptism have ne has never existed. In the Old Testament, they are not baptized in Holy Spirit. They are moved on of the Holy Spirit. That's why David says, Let take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because he knows the presence of God. He feels the presence of God. He prophetically speaks in the presence of God. But there's this special promise. And it's a special promise to the believers after that he has been glorified. And that promise is a baptism in Holy Spirit. John baptized in water. But then it says of Christ, He will not baptize in water. He will baptize you in Holy Spirit and fire. We need to keep in our mind who the baptizer is. Alright? Don't lose who the baptizer is in this thing. So, if we frame this as there is no 
Holy Spirit, or, or what's called classically called Holy Ghost, which is which is not uh, according to the script. The word ghost doesn't, and we've talked about that. But but if the Holy Spirit of God <clears throat> has not come out of heaven, and He is predicting this time when this third person of God would show up to the earth, then I'm all confused because we have Holy Spirit from the first verse of the Bible to the end. So that doesn't really make sense to me. But what does make sense to me, he that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, he that believes on me as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow forth rivers of living water. Now, usually when it says, when the, as the Scripture has said, what it means is, it was written down in the Old Testament somewhere, but not this time. That's not an Old Testament verse. What this means is if you believe Him and believe on Him like the Scripture has said about Him, and that's why you have to take that Old Testament and look at that record and look at what David said and look at what the prophet said. And if you believe on him as what David said, and if you believe on him what the prophet said, if you believe on him what was written about him, then you're going to receive something. Then you are a vessel that's open to receive. Now, everything comes through the Lord. Everything funnels through him. There is no experience in God outside of Christ. No man comes prostom patera outside if not through of me, he says. So, there is no experience beyond Christ. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach to you according to how I understand the Scripture. I, I know this is not, you know, popular Christendom preaching. But we've decided in this church, and we've decided by reading the Scriptures and the Greek text, We've decided that Jesus is Lord of all. We've decided that we're going to follow Him. That He is the rabbi. That He is the leader. He's the author and the finisher. He is the head of the church. All of those titles and things. We believe that with a full heart. So He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said about me, out of His innermost being shall flow forth rivers of living water. And it would be a little bit of time yet from when he spoke this because he yet is going to the cross. He yet will be buried. He will be crucified. He will be buried. He will be resurrected. And he will ascend on high Above all power and authority and majesty and glory. There is no baptism in Holy Spirit until He is glorified. Not going to happen. So remember we talked about the three days in the tomb, the 40 days He showed Himself with infallible proofs. And they have seven days yet to wait in an upper room and they don't know what they're waiting for. Go and wait. 
and you will be endued with dunamis from on high. And so they're waiting in a room. They are not waiting to speak in tongues. When I was a kid, when you wanted to get people in Holy Ghost, you took them down to the altar, you had a bunch of them around them, and, and start in praying on them. Tell them, let go and hold on. And, and, and I mean, just, this could go on for an hour and, you, and you're, you're trying to speak in tongues. See, the Spirit of God is not about speaking in tongues. It's just not what it's about. That may happen, but that is not what the Holy Spirit, and that is not the initial evidence of the Spirit of God filling your life. So we're going to go through that a little bit, and, and, and I think we, we pretty much all know that. But So Jesus says, it's expedient that I go away in the flesh, because I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm coming back to you in my spirit, and I will come upon you in my spirit. And so that's, that's yet to happen when he says that, John 14. And that's when he's saying to them that I'm going to return to you. I'm going away, but I'm going away as a man. Now, we have to stop and we have to thank the Lord. So, how many of us would love to be in a service where the Lord in flesh was there? I mean, you're going to tear, tear down the door. Well, I got something for you. You're not even going to get close you're not even going to find a parking spot. If the Lord is there, I mean, but he's one man in one place at one time. Never did Jesus astral project himself places. He was one man, limited. He took on the form of a man. In him is the Spirit of God, but he is not exercising that Jesus is over here on the mount, and at the same time, he's out there walking on the sea, and at the same time, he's over here making water into wine. No, no, he's not doing that. He's one place, one time, one individual man. But if he goes away, he returns as unlimited. He can be here this morning, and I believe he is. Amen. At the next church who is looking for him down the road, I don't care what their label is over their door, if they're seeking after him and they want to find him, he's there too. And there and there and there and all across America, all across the world, because he is not limited to just being one man. And so this question comes up in this, in this book that I love to read. God was in Christ and said, does it matter if God reveals himself in flesh or in spirit, is there any difference? And the answer is no. God is the same whether He is in flesh or whether He manifests Himself in His spirit. It's the same Lord. It's the same Lord. And so we have the favor. What they didn't have in the Old Testament, we have the favor. We have the grace. We have the blessing that they did not have, the promise that they did not have in an Old Testament time. So David said something 
that we started with. Take not thy, let me, let me use the Hebrew here, Kodesh Ruach from me. Interesting that there would be an identical term for Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as there is in the New Testament, Agios Panuma. It means exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. See, there's not a God of an Old Testament, God of a New Testament. They're not a spirit of an Old Testament. And then another different Holy Spirit's going to come in a new... No, 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 no. No, no, no. The Kodesh, Holy, Ruach, Spirit that David was talking about is the same Agios, Holy, Panuma that we are talking about that we translate into the English called Holy Spirit. David's our brother. David's on our team. He's not on an old God, Old Testament team. No, he's on our team. And he's going to give us out of the Spirit that is on him. He's going to give us revelation that we can stand up here on a Sunday morning and say, look, David prophesied of him a thousand years before he was born. And, and yet it comes to pass because it's the same Spirit. It was the Latin. I think in a lot of ways the Latin ruined a lot of things in Christianity. Okay. You know the Latin language. You know who is, uh, inspired the Latin writings, the Latin Bible, the Vulgate. The Roman Catholic Church. And, you know... I don't know. It's no worse than Latter-day Saints, I guess. It's no worse than the Satanic Church, for sure. But the Roman Church helped us in a lot of different ways. And this is one of them. The Latin text uses the word spiritus. The word spiritus means a little something different than than what I'm going to bring this morning. Let me stop right here. I want to give you a description, the closest description as I can of the Spirit of God. Jesus said it in John 3. The wind blows. I was out there this morning sitting on my rocking chair on, on the porch, and I said, that, this is it. The wind was out, the trees were blowing, and it was raining, and, and the wind blows. And Jesus said, the wind blows, and you don't know where it came from. In fact, you don't even know where it's going. And we're so smart, you know, we got every day, Rodney, because he pours concrete all the time, he looks on his phone, and I do too, and, and they're predicting, you know, if it's going to rain or sunny, what degrees it's going to be. And they are going to predict, you know, how windy it's going to be. And they're never right, you know, never right on it. But it's close sometimes. And, uh, but they're predicting the wind. Where does the wind come from? Where is it going? Can we capture the wind? Can we put the wind in some kind of a cardinal body? 
Neither can you the Spirit of God. Don't try and put the Spirit of God in some kind of a bodily dimension. It's not going to happen. And so, for 300 years, the Catholic Church did not believe that Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost was a person of God. Even in the Council of 325, and some of you know about that, First Church Council of 325, it was about the Son of God. It wasn't about the Spirit. It wasn't until 381 they had another church council, and there then they verified that now God has three people in its head. And the Holy Spirit became one of the God persons. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I know how I was raised. And I know how some of y'all were raised. I know how some of y'all were preached to. But I got to stick with the Bible. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay. I'm going down with the Bible. I'm not going down with the ideas of men. Certainly not going down with the ideas of the Catholic Church or their God. I'm not doing it. So, but let's go back to David. He says, by the same Ruach, David, David, it's the breath of God. Okay, now watch this. All Scripture, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, right? All Scripture is given, you know, King James Version, by inspiration of God. Not good enough. All Scripture is not given by inspiration. All Scripture, theopneumatos, God All Scripture. Now, what Scripture is he talking about? Well, they don't have the New Testament put together yet, so I think he's referring to the Old Testament when he says, and we're going to talk about David. All Scripture. David said, by the Spirit. By that same Spirit of God, that same God breathed in David. All Scripture is God breathed. You don't get a choice. You don't get to modify it. You don't get to fix it. You don't get to cut it out. But all scripture that God breathed that is put down is good for reproof. It is good for doctrine. It is good for correction. It is good for instruction in righteousness for the man and the woman of God. Forget it, world. It has nothing to do with them. It's about the church. I want to take you to John 4 for just, I mean, I don't want to jump around too much, but I want to take you to John 4. You can go there, John 4, 24. And I wish we could, you know, have the Greek text that we could put up here. John 4, 24, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, you remember. The disciples had gone into town to get food, provisions, and while they were gone, in Samaria, he is talking to the woman at the well, trying to explain to her about God. You don't worship God in this mountain or that mountain or that revival or another revival over here. No, no, no. You're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. 
And so I had to tell you something about God. Now, in King James, and all of your English versions is going to say, God is a spirit. And what I don't like about that is that puts a frame around the spirit. A lot of spirits out there, and God's one of them. It says it this way. Pneuma hotheos. It's that same rendering that's used over there in Timothy about God breathed. That same theos pneuma. I'm going to tell you something about God. He's not a little old man sitting on a throne somewhere. He's not an old bearded guy that's sitting up there and then he's got, a, he's got the younger guy sitting on his right hand and he's trying to get his hand out from under there, but he's sitting on his right hand and then, then they, the, the picture is you throw a bird out in there and now you've got them all three. This is so not what the Scripture is talking about in Holy Spirit. I think Jesus would know about God, don't you? Say amen. I think he would know. God, there's, there's no istin, there's, there's no, it's just panomaha theos is all it is. No, God is a spirit. God is not a spirit. God is spirit. He is, he is breath. He is life. The definition of spirit is, is something different than, than what we think. We think of a spirit and we're thinking of Casper the Friendly Ghost. We're, we're thinking of, of apparitions. God is not an apparition. He is not a phantom. He is not a ghost. He is the breath, living, sustaining life for Christian people. The breath of life. If you want to look at Penuma, it's about even some definition is wind because it's so comparable to wind that, that God in spirit is, is breath and life and sustaining life for those who have his spirit within them. Let me say something here about, about the scripture being God breathed. The word of God, you've got it in your hand. The word of God, the scripture is the canon or rule of Christian faith. I don't want to get away. I don't ever want to get away from the Word of God. Can you say amen? Don't want to get away from the Word of God because this is where religion is going. This is where Christendom is going. Getting away from the Word of God. The Word of God is the canon. It is the test of truth in the Christian life. If you don't believe God breathed these words, then you cannot be saved. You don't get saved out here somewhere on a whim. You know, like that Crowder guy, he was out on LSD and he got saved. No, he didn't get saved on LSD. Ken Christmas said just the other day I heard him. He's stupid enough to say this and I'm stupid enough to repeat it. The goodness and glory and love of God is going to inhabit the earth. It's just coming down, folks. It's just going to be here. I mean, people are just going to be getting saved everywhere. Right in the bars. They're going to be singing and drinking and dancing and fall on their face before the Lord and just receive Him. That's balderdash. The Spirit of God is not moving that direction. Never has, never will. 
You've got to believe on Him before everlasting water is pouring out of the inside of you. Oh no, it's just going to fall on you. No, no it's not. No it's not. See, anything that leads away from the Scripture is not the breath of God. So you can judge prophets by that. If they're saying things that are not scriptural, it's not the breath of God. Jesus quoted in his ministry, quoted 280 times plus out of the Old Testament. He was bringing them new life. And he was saying to them, yeah, there's some things there, but I say unto you. But yet he quoted over and over, 116 times he quoted the Psalms alone. And if he believed that Scripture was God-breathed, then I have to believe that Scripture is God-breathed. Can you say amen? And so I want to talk about Holy Spirit, don't get out of the Scripture. You get out of the Scripture and you've got into another spirit. I have a problem, and uh, so you're, you're going to realize why I'm talking about this this morning a little bit. I have a problem with what is currently being called Pentecostal outpourings. Pentecostal revival. I have a problem. Let me read you some of the problems that I have with it. It doesn't look like the ministry of Jesus. I'm a purveyor of this. I haven't heard anybody else really work in this area, but I believe this. The church is an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is what I believe. I don't believe we got to Christ and then, you know, He just kind of faded out of the way and then the church took off. No. He said, I will build me my church. So, He is presently doing that. And Paul puts Him at the head of the church. So, He isn't vacating the church. If there's things going on in church that don't look like Christ's ministry, they're not. A lot of stuff going on in Pentecost. Now, I can't say what's happening. And I, I won't even say the community churches, it, it's a joke. Most of them are just a joke. It's just a place to come, be with some people, drink some coffee. The guy's going to get up there and give you a little sermon and go home. He's not going to talk about Christ. He's not going to talk about the Christ life because that's not where they're at. They're in a different dimension of Christendom. But I will tell you about Pentecost because I was raised. I do know I, I, I study it. But Pentecost, what we call Pentecostal outpouring, I'm not sure what the definition even means. Pentecost is 50. It only indicated the day which they would be there waiting and the Lord completed His ascension and descension back into the church. And they called it Pentecost because that's a Greek word meaning 50, 50 days from His death. So the outpourings of Pentecost, these outpourings that are going on right now, don't lead people to Jesus. They don't follow the procedure or precedence that's set in Scripture of the church. Let me give you some examples. Remember just a few Sundays ago? Guys, you know, right out of Raymond down here. Shaken, falling in the floor, and one guy jumped up and he ran across the banister and then went and jumped in the baptistry. I don't remember that anything like that happening in the early church. 
So there is a precedence that's been set. It's almost like, you know, it's like the guy in Lakeland, that, that uh, worship leader there. He said, do anything. No. You're not doing that here. He said, do anything. As long as you didn't think about it, it's worship to God. He got out from behind that thing and did a forward flip. And he's about 300 pounds and he landed it. Now, I'm going to tell you what, I was applauding him. Not for what he said, but for the flip. Do anything. No, 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 no. There is precedence that is set. I don't know why the church thinks it's got to a place now where we are excelling beyond what the early church was. The church has not excelled beyond. The church has decreased from what happened in the early church. And our efforts to separate away from them and go another direction is not the precedence that God laid down. Can you say amen? Everybody happy it's only 1132 or... It won't be too long. Hang right in here with me. Pentecostal outpouring as we know it currently is not the life-sustaining essence of God's breath in the church. It's foolishness of all kinds. And there again, Pastor, you're putting your hand on the Spirit. No, I'm putting my hand on foolishness. It's the difference between the Spirit and foolishness. Just because somebody does something in the name of the Lord doesn't mean the Lord had anything to do with it. Next, it is deeply rooted in emotion and fleshly demonstration. I I, want to say something. And I want you to take this the right way. About three years ago, we had a camp. Two and a half years ago. Remember, we went up to Mineral. The place was burning down, so we just said, you know, let's just have it at the church. And so we did. We had our meetings at the church that Friday night. My Uncle Skip and my cousin Darren were sitting over on the side. I remember where they were. At the end of that service, the Spirit of the Lord fell on those kids. My uncle's experience, my cousin's experience is when the Spirit of the Lord falls, people are running and jumping and yelling and hooping and hollering. These kids weren't doing any of that. They were broken. You guys remember it. You were standing there. You're broken, tears rolling down their face. They just had their hands in the air worshiping the Lord. When I got home, my uncle said, that was a move of the Lord. I said, yeah. Because what we thought in Pentecost is emotion is the driver. The more emotion you are, the more the Spirit of God was there that morning. And I've been in church services where they didn't preach because they had emotion, but nobody was changed. And when they got out of there, they didn't act right, they didn't live right, they didn't do anything different than what they were doing before. I want to tell you something. If the Spirit of God is strong enough to lay you down on the floor, something's going to happen in your life. You don't get back up out of there the way you went down, nothing happened. So motion is not the trigger of the Spirit in the service. Music is not the driver. You said it perfectly this morning. Music is not the driver of the Spirit. Everybody's like, oh, I'm 
way it gets going. I, I know I've lived it. And it feels for the moment, it feels like this is the spirit of God. That's the spirit of emotion. It's the spirit of, and, and I'm, I, I believe raising hands. And I believe once in a while, jump up and down before the Lord. <laughs> Great. But as a celebration, that doesn't mean, you know, kicking holes in the wall is not the spirit of God. Busting up instruments is not the spirit of God. But we've had this idea that the spirit and emotion run so deep together. You can be sitting there this morning, and I felt it standing right over there when we began to worship. I didn't feel like running and jumping. I felt like my spirit just humbling before the Lord. Then the last thing I want to say about this new outpouring Pentecostal stuff, and talking about new, we're going to be talking from 1880 to right now. They didn't have it before then. The foundation of it, is built on charlatans. I'm so mad. All this week, Kay knows it. Gone to YouTube and looked him up. The first guy to come out with Pentecostalism in the 1880s was named Parnum, Charles Parnum. Oh, he's a great one. He's the one that came up with this, this quote. That speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that came up with that. Not the church. Not 1,800 years of the church. But 150 years ago, a guy comes up with an idea and begins to promote that. Well, we find out later in his life, he's a child molester. And the people that spun off of his ministry were worse than that. Establishing Pentecostalism, they went to Azusa Street. One of his students went to Azusa Street. And Azusa Street is the holy grail for Christianity, Pentecostalism. They said at Azusa Street, you would go in. There were so many crazy things happening that they were literally hypnotizing people. I mean, it got out of completely out of control. But yet, if you want to talk about Pentecostalism, it's Azusa Street. They've made a shrine out of it. You can go to it. All of the big move talk about Azusa Street. I want to let you know something. God, by His Spirit, was moving before there was an Azusa Street. Azusa Street does not determine what God is doing. Pouring out a last day revival. I do not believe in that at all. So the name throwing, the name dropping about our movement is going to be about those guys. You know, we're going to drop names. and You know, the A.A. Allens and William Branhams and crazy men, drunks. I just watched a thing on Ted Haggard. I don't know if you know who Ted Haggard is. One of the biggest churches in Colorado. head of the evangelical movement. I forget what the name of it is. Find out that the guy is practicing homosexuality. He is the poster boy for Pentecostalism. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want anything to do with it. 
What I want to do with is Christianity. What I want to do with is the breath of God, the holy breath laying down upon us. Emotionalism is not going to fix any of that stuff. Can you say amen? So what is the promise that Jesus left us? What, what is the promise? John 3, Jesus talked to Nicodemus and said, One must be born of the Spirit. You've got to be born of water, and we're all here this morning. We're born of water, right? Every one of us came out of the womb. And that's what he's talking to. to uh, he's talking about birth. Nicodemus is like, should I enter again in my mother's womb? You know, he's, he's really confused. He's about as confused as the Pentecostal movement. They might start claiming that. I don't know. Shall I go in my mother's? No, 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 no. You must be born of the flesh. You're born of the flesh already. You're born of the water. But Nicodemus, if you're going to see the kingdom of God, there's something else that's got to happen to you. You're going to have to be born of the Spirit which he knows nothing about. You're a ruler in Israel and you don't know about salvation? I think he could turn that on the preachers of today. You're preachers of a thousand, preachers of five thousand, ten thousand, and you don't know the Spirit of God? Let me tell you, the first promise is that you're going to be born again. See, this is that. We touched on it. Both of us have touched on this. I don't know, the Lord's just been moving us in this direction. Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost and says, This is that which is promised by Joel. Not speaking in tongues. The infilling of the breath and presence and essence of God and rebirthing, raising us from dead unto life in Christ Jesus. This is that. The initial evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is that you are raised out of darkness into life. You have been taken out of the grips of sin and you've been transferred into the kingdom of the dear Son. This is the essence, not... I've heard too many people speak in a tongue and didn't know the Lord. That, that has nothing to do. Can the Lord do that? Absolutely. Can He, by miracle power, do anything? Absolutely. But, but the initial evidence... I'm going to counteract what Parnum said. He's a liar. The initial evidence is that you have come to life in Jesus Christ. This is that. Can the church say Amen. I'm going to try and finish real quick here before I get in too much more trouble. So what is the promise of the Panuma baptism? It's salvation and then it's the Christ life sustaining breath of God in you. I want to tell you this. You might get saved, but you're not going to continue the trip on your own. That's why you can come down, you know, if you're, if you're Baptist, you're back, Baptist background, you just come and do the prayer, and then you're eternally saved. It's easy for them that way. Easy for them that way. No, the Spirit of God is the life of Christ sustaining in you. So just, you know, one time, one 
No, no, no. It's every day. It's the life sustaining in you. So what about gifts and signs and wonders? I don't even want to deal with that this morning because if we don't have the life sustaining with inside of us, forget about signs and wonders. You get first things first. Amen? Then next, the promise is, Jesus said you will receive dunamis ability to be my witnesses. And so I think also in reverse of that would be that you will receive the power of the revelation of Jesus Christ as a witness of him in your life. So we drop off Christ, we drop off the revelation of Christ, and we go to end times revelation. We have just left off of what the Holy Spirit of God is doing. So I want to talk about just real briefly about what he's doing in the church. Listen to this one verse. Everybody ready? Wake up. Get your attention just for one minute on this verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But to each is given the manifestation of panumatos towards the profiting of the whole. In the church. Everybody say in the church. In the church. If the Spirit of God is moving on any way in the church, it is for the profit of the whole body. Watch this now. Because we felt like it's a, it's, 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 I'm jumping and running and having a big time and tearing up Jack because I'm getting a blessing. No, if the Spirit of God is moving in the church, each one, each individual, that there is any manifestation in that individual of the Spirit, it is to the profiting of the whole body. And that's going to debunk a lot of stuff. That's going to debunk a lot of stuff. I grew up in a time where, like right now, in the middle of preaching, somebody would stand up with a tongue. Then they would wait and somebody else would get up with a what they call interpretation. Right in the middle of what is completely out of order. I believe, the, I believe the man that's up in front who has studied and, and is speaking under the inspiration of the Lord doesn't need to be interrupted by something else. It didn't profit the body. It brought confusion in the body. I don't know about anybody else, but I hated it. Because we're on one theme, we're going along, and somebody jumps up and does something. If it's out of profit for the body, it is not the Spirit of the Lord. And that's where I'm accused of quenching the Spirit. And they're right. But it's just not the Spirit of the Lord. I had a woman come up to me. And we were conducting and, and the service, and, and, and the Lord was ministering and blessing. And she come up to me and said, I have a word of God for the church. She wanted to take the mic out of my hand. I said, what is it? I need to know what the word is. Because if it's something different than the way the Lord is, it's not the spirit. It's somebody's flesh. Now, I don't think that, that they meant it, in, it wrong. But the spirit is going to do everything to bless and move an advantage for the people. Can you say amen? 
You shouldn't go out of the house of God confused. You shouldn't go out of here saying, boy, what did I just see? What was that about? The Spirit should be ministering life into you, into you, into you. That's the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Well, we're doing real good. So, Let me say one thing. The Lord is not playing the game of charisma. This is not a game for him. There's too many people sitting in churches that end up walking away from God. There's too many young people that when they get up to 18 years old, we don't ever see them anymore. There's too many people that that get discouraged along the way and give up. That's why the Spirit is ministering. That's why we get in the house of God and the people of God. He wants to encourage the church, not throw something out in front of you that's going to confuse you. He wants to encourage you because His life is going to sustain you. His power is going to reveal in you. And you are going to walk steadily before Him if the Spirit of God is abiding on your life. And so He's not playing the game of charisma rather he's actively building up his church through the power of his life giving breath so the promise the promise Jesus said there was two things that Jesus promised remember he said await the promise of the father remember that the promise of the father well he gave it away we already knew what it was the promise was not a secret the promise was Acts 1 you will receive Ability to be witnesses of me. That's one. The other one is John 7. Out of your innermost being. Mm -hmm. You had dead water in there. You had dead life in there. But out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of what? Of living. And that word, I love it because it's drinkable water. It's fresh water. It's good water. I don't like Oklahoma water. And so I drink the bottled water. But out of your life, it's not going to flow stagnant water. It's not going to flow old life water. But out of your life, is going to flow new, fresh, drinkable water. And let me say, before it gets to anybody else, it's going to get to your flesh. Because out of your innermost being shall flow. Not out of your flesh and out of your mind and out of your way. But His Spirit is going to lodge in your innermost being. Not in your mind. Not in your thought. Not in your reason. But out of your innermost being shall flow this stuff that's going to refresh the outward man. Hey, I might be dying on the outside every day, but I am renewed every day by the Spirit of God. And you're only going to be renewed. You're only going to drink. You're only going to be fresh by the Spirit of God that wells up and pours out of your inner man into your outer man. Oh, Pastor, you just took all the air out of my balloon. I thought we were just here to speak in tongues. Do you believe in speaking in tongues, Pastor? Only when it's God-breathed. Not foolishness of charisma. I don't, 
I'm not, I'm not holding with that. Can you say amen? So, Lord, when I say this, I, I, I think I'm representing the whole body when I say this. Lord, when I pray this, Lord, fill us with your life-sustaining One of the instructions of the New Testament is be filled with His Spirit. Hallelujah. If you know Jesus, if you're following Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of Christ does not dwell in you, you're not one of His. The converse of that is that if you are one of His, the Spirit of God does dwell in you. And so we just thank Him this morning. God bless you all. I hope... I hope you received a little something. You know, get away from the, 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 the third person idea. Get away from the, the ghost idea and realize this breath, this moving wind of God that settles upon us. It's to advantage in our life. It's to advantage for us. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for all that came out this morning, Lord, and, and stayed with us as we just spoke your word. A little lengthy maybe, but... Lord, has so been pressed upon my heart. Lord, that the church, church has taken your precious things, your holy things, and made them something different than what you intended. So, Lord, bring us back. Bring us back. Just a simple. It's simple. It's your breath. It's your life. It's your essence that is poured down in, in us and upon us, baptizing us. Lord, that we can have the ability to be Christ-like in this life. We thank you, Jesus. Everyone said amen. 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 So I'm not going to hold the line this morning for you to come up, me to lay my hand on you, and you get filled with the baptism. You're baptized into Christ. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Hey, we're not having church tonight. We're all getting together as families. We are, and I know a lot of you are. So we just said, ah, we'll, we'll just dismiss tonight. And, uh, and so we're going to pick it back up Wednesday and see you all Wednesday. And God bless you. And have a good time with your families. May the Lord just be with you there and whatever you do. And however you celebrate this time with your family, God bless you. Amen. So good to be with you in the house of the Lord this morning.